We live in a world of violence, war, magic, and the supernatural. I am here to bring you a glimmer of hope for tomorrow. This is the Voice of Hope podcast, and you can call me Beacon, your auditory guide to the safety of Castle Refuge. To all Tomorrow Legion teams in the field, reference your updated ciphers. Your mission profile references are 3, 4, 11, 5, 6, Ace of Clubs, 3, Ace of Spades, 20, 4, 6, 18, 1, 10, 3, 6, Jack of Spades, 7, 12, 11, 6, 3, 5, 4, 6, 6. Since its inception, Castle Refuge has been a home to those that did not have one. From the dwarves of Clan Hammerheart, to the refugees from Tolkien, to coalition exiles like myself seeking a new way of life, the castle seeks those seeking a place to lay a new foundation. There is no group in the Megaverse that this calls to more than the wanderers known as True Atlanteans. I have come to understand that true Atlanteans and humans are near cousins, that Atlanteans in fact rose as a culture here on Earth in the distant past long before the coming of the Rifts. They are very tight-lipped about it, but they claim the continent of Atlantis was their homeland a long time ago, and due to its dense concentration of magic ley lines, they developed magic faster than the other cultures of Earth. This development led them to explore the Megaverse. However, it also led to the magical cataclysm that drained Earth of its magic many millennia ago. Atlantis returning to Rift's Earth also brought the return of many Atlanteans, unfortunately not before their ancient homeland was claimed by the hated Splugorth. So many of them sought other locations on Rift's Earth to settle. Laszlo and Tolkien were two of those locations in North America. However, the fall of Tolkien has brought many of these nomads to Castle Refuge in the Tomorrow Legion. While they are few, they are a powerful group who have contributed to the virtues of the castle and the Legion as a whole, and with them they brought a unique type of magic, tattoo magic. It is a powerful augmentation of certain near-human species, allowing the wielder to summon magical weapons, equipment, and even creatures by touching an inked image on their skin. Rumor has it that some legionnaires are even starting to benefit from these arcane designs. Supposedly, there is a tattoo master who has migrated into the area. However, this individual keeps their practice location secret and will only see a select clientele. With the assistance of the true Atlanteans and our allies in the Laszlo Exploratory Corps, our megaversal special exploration teams have charted a number of realms that could benefit from Tomorrow Legion assistance once we have a stronger logistical foundation in place. One recent dimension, our MSETs experienced a version of Earth that had suffered a major alien invasion, which resulted in a holocaust almost on the scale of the coming of rifts. However, the planetary defenders, called the Robotech Defense Force, managed to prevail. Now they are working to rebuild their devastated planet, defending their Earth using a unique transforming combat mecha. Another reality our MSETs reported was an Earth where time advanced at a much slower rate than ours. The world is currently involved in a massive war on the continent of Europe involving trenches and ancient technological weapons. However, part of the catalyst of this war was the return of magic to this realm. Magic and magical creatures have been employed by the various militaries of the time. As with the C.S. Tolkien War, there does not appear to be a clear force of good, and the crushing brutality of war itself is in full swing. Unfortunately, conflict is the reality throughout the Megaverse and seems to exist everywhere. From the legendary phase world, which is an anchor for the conflicts within the three galaxies, to a version of Earth where aliens have invaded the planet and wiped out the superhero defenders 
where they must rely upon potential supervillains to save their reality. However, even in this universe of conflict, there is also hope. Our allies on the Council of Learning and Lazlo have shared intelligence concerning a planet of true Atlanteans. This planet is the largest concentration of true Atlanteans in the Megaverse. It seems that annually they hold a meeting of the clan leaders there, and the High Defender is attempting to work with the Council of Learning to earn an invite to this next meeting. She hopes to extend an invitation from Castle Refuge to all the Atlantean clans, and perhaps to establish diplomatic ties permanently with the true Atlanteans. Command Chief Ragnar Thunderaxe is asking me to put out another recruitment call for MSET volunteers. Our allies in Laszlo have been asking us to help expand their exploratory corps. MSET duties for the time being are sequestered to the Laszlo Exploratory Corps for operational control. MSET duties are probably some of the most dangerous operations that the Tomorrow Legion undertakes, but they're also some of the most critical. If you're interested in volunteering, please send a message to the Command Chief. One of the sacred honors I have been trusted in with this job is honoring our dead. Recently, the Tomorrow Legion lost a powerful voice for freedom, as well as one of the first true Atlanteans to join the Legion, Thone Humsfo. Thone was a member of Clan Valaxis who was captured as a teenager when the clan was assaulted by the Sunaj. After the ordeal, he was turned over to the Sunaj's Spulugorth Masters on Atlantis. Thone had recently received his clan marking tattoos, and his new High Lord Master felt that changing him into a tattooed warrior would be fitting. He fought in the arenas for years, making a reputation as a skilled tattoo monster warrior. Over the years in the arena, Thone would cover his body in dinosaur tattoos, his love of the massive creatures helping him bear his captivity. Eventually, he was sold to a High Lord, who made him part of his slaver bands in North America. Thone attempted to build trust so he could escape when the opportunity arose. However, there was a wrinkle. His field commander was a Sunaj assassin named Ishuga. It was hate at first sight. However, fate would intervene. His band was selected as part of a Splugorth raiding operation into the ruins of Tolkien shortly after the war. They were sent to raid the universities for as many legendary artifacts as they could find, and gather as many slaves as possible before returning to Atlantis. His team found a group of refugees huddled in several buildings and swooped in to gather them when they were engaged by a motley group made up of a glitter boy, a cybernite, and several Atlantean fighters. Thone turned on his captors immediately and destroyed all but Ishoga, who seemed to melt into the shadows when she was cornered. The defenders were leery of him at first, until one of the undead slayers, Osmond, identified his Valaxis clan markings and embraced his long-lost brother. Dazed by his sudden freedom, Thone fell in with the group of refugees, later arriving with them at a fortress in Arkansas, Castle Refuge. After recovering from his enslavement, Thone and his clan brother Osmond joined the Tomorrow Legion as members of one of the first special exploration teams. Thone insisted his team operate in the Eastern Territory so he could always be on the forefront of conflict with the Splugorth and other slavers, who he showed no mercy. He was a strong proponent for establishing a Tomorrow Legion presence on Atlantis to assist the Underground Railroad. Thone's final mission, he and his clan brother, were selected as part of the High Defender security detail on her recent visit to Laszlo. The last evening before departing, the High Defender had a dinner appointment with a local mercenary commander named Brian Riggs. The accounts of the event are disjointed and describe one of those moments of both pure joy and utter rage. 
accounts state when Riggs arrived at the appointment, Thone howled with joy, as if he was seeing a long-lost family member. Almost at the same moment, a group of armored beings oozed out of every shadow surrounding Riggs, a group of Sunaj assassins. Thone's joy turned into screams of rage. His former leader and tormentor, Ishoga, was apparently leading the assault upon Riggs. The melee that resulted was ferocious, ultimately devastating the waterfront restaurant where the fight took place. The Tomorrow Legion, of course, is footing the bill to rebuild this location. In the end, Thone lay dead on the ground, his clan sword piercing the chest of Ashoga, who slowly dissipated into nothingness. The rest of the attackers had fled, and the High Defender, Riggs, and Osman stood back to back in the center of the devastation. Riggs joined Osman in mourning and honoring Thone as if he were a fellow Atlantean. Riggs pledged to the High Defender that he would come meet her in Castle Refuge, but first he must hunt down the Sunaj that were still loose in Laszlo. Osman ensured the High Defender was safe with the Laszlo Defense Force, then bid her farewell. He could not explain why, but as a clan leader, the High Defender believed she understood. Thone's body was turned over to her, and she returned Thone to the Castle Refuge. Thone has been bid farewell in the true Atlantean traditions. But, in the Legion's tradition, Legionnaires, raise a glass. Thone Humsfo, in your memory, the last call of the Legionnaire. Justice my weapon, hope my shield, my life's blood blazing upon distant fields. Do not bow your head in sorrow, for now I am tomorrow. Stay safe, move surely, and look out for your fellow refugees. Do not lose hope, for the voice of hope will guide you to your new tomorrow. Speak to you again soon. Hello, Rifter. Sorry it's been a while since I've been on. Uh, looks like we uh, should be moving forward with uh, some upcoming episodes. Uh, this weekend has been uh, the Memorial Day weekend, and I hopefully your spirits are high. Here in the United States, Memorial Day is usually considered the first weekend of the summer, but it's also the purpose is to remember the fallen members of World War II and the wars that followed. I uh, and my fellow comrades generally support those comrades in arms who would ultimately sacrifice their lives for the freedoms that we all enjoy today. However, this episode is dedicated to one of our recently departed Savage Worlds developers, uh, Jonathan Thompson of Battlefield Press. He brought many Savage Worlds settings into the community like Kaiser's Gate, Agents of Gaia, and Dinosaur Protocols. Uh, many Rifters will probably recognize him for the Savage Worlds version of Robotech, since Robotech and Rifts were both under Palladium, they kind of go together like peanut butter and bananas. Uh, riffs being the bananas. It was uh, over Savage Robotech that I had several conversations with Jonathan, and he was really a great guy with a lot of good ideas, um, some of which you could easily pull into your Rifts game. For any dinosaurs I use for my adventures, I usually start with the stats from Dinosaur Protocol and enhance them with stats from Blood and Banes. Of course, what Rift players haven't tried to bring a Veritech into Rifts. I mean, again, Robotech and Rifts, it's a thing. Um, unfortunately, uh, Jonathan had recently passed away, and I definitely encourage you to uh, take a look at Battlefield Press. They're still around, and I believe the proceeds from uh, their purchases are going to his family. Uh, but a couple of years ago, Jonathan was looking to uh, actually get into a Savage Rifts game and was looking to make a true Atlantean Tattoo Master. Well, so in honor of Jonathan today, I am 
going to share with you the creation of a tattooed warrior. Uh, his name is Thone Humsfo. We talked about him during the uh, Legionnaire's Last Call, also in Jonathan's honor. Uh, so Thone Humsfo is an Atlantean, true Atlantean, tattooed warrior. Um, this version of Thone, however, will be just through a novice character uh, instead of uh, the experienced character that we talked about in the uh, episode. For this build, uh, instead of random rolls, I'm going to go ahead and choose the outcomes uh, to meet the design of the character I'm shooting for. I wanted to make an Atlantean tattooed character around the idea of dinosaurs, and the undead warrior just didn't seem right. So, we get the story of an Atlantean who is captured by the Splugorth at a young age and forced to become a tattooed warrior. The story of Clan Valexis is a new Atlantean clan that's from the Rifts Laszlo World Book Preview. If you can find a copy of it, definitely pick it up. It's pretty sweet. Um, for the stats for the true Atlantean, Thone starts with D6s across the board, but gets to choose to raise one uh, trait to a D8. We're going to go ahead and choose Spirit, because tattoos are activated using Spirit rolls. When the Tattooed Warrior Iconic Framework then turns around and raises two physical stats, either Agility, Strength, and Vigor, by one die type. So I'm going to go ahead and choose Agility and Strength. Next, we're going to look at hindrances. As we all know, these are actually some of the keys to good uh, characters and uh, also the keys to your bennies. So, as a true Atlantean, you gain the following negative abilities that you can choose. Atlas Shrugs, Atlanteans believe they bear the fate of the Megaverse on their back, so you get to choose between heroic and overconfident. Since Thone grew up in the slave pits of Atlantis, I'm going to go ahead and go with overconfident. He also gains wanted major and wanted minor from the Tattooed Warrior. Basically, the Splugorth are aggressively hunting him down because he, as a true Atlantean, who escaped from the slave pits. There have probably been rumors of his escape starting to spread through the slave population, so the Splugorth need to bring him back and execute him in public to put to bed any of the rumors of his greatness. The other negatives that are in line with all Atlanteans, uh, the normal Atlantean builds that you don't actually get any choices on. Um, so like following your clan, kill, pretty much kill any undead or demons. As a tattooed warrior, the only other complication we need to select is mentally scarred, since Thone has witnessed some wonderfully horrific stuff within Atlantis since he's a teenager. Atlantis always kind of uh, has this image of me of like Hellraiser, of, of, of sharing such exquisite pain, as Pinhead used to say. Uh, for Thone, with his overconfidence, I'm going to choose Driven, seeking a glorious end. Like your favorite Klingons, Thone is seeking an honorable death. Now, uh, for his chosen hindrances. I decided to go with Code of Honor Major, even though he was an in captivity, Thone fought to maintain his Atlantean moral code that he was taught as a child, and his captors used it to torture him for years. Because of this, he is also a very grim attitude towards life, so grim as a minor, and he's easily provoked, especially by Splugorth foes. Finally, his imprisonment taught him, oftentimes, it was better to just leap into a situation because hesitation often leads to death, so he also has impulsive. Uh, with the perks from these hindrances, I choose to raise an attribute and an edge. So I increase Vigor, giving Thone D8s across the board, except for Smarts, which is a D6. 
For the edge from the hindrances, I'm going to choose Tattooed Monster Warrior to ensure I can pack as many dinosaur-related tattoos onto Thone. However, this edge also adds another hindrance, and Thone gains a roll on the crazy Psyche Degradation table uh, because they're packing way too many tattoos onto th as many onto Thone as possible. Trying to keep Thone in a stable mindset as I can to make him an actual playable character, I went ahead and chose Monologuer. Think Bubba from Forrest Gump, but he just starts spouting off strings of very facts about dinosaurs when triggered. So when we get ta to tattoo enhancements though, Thone is going to have 16 tattoos. Next we're going to continue looking at edges and while wow, there's a lot. So Tattooed Warrior provides you with the choice of attractive or brawny. I chose brawny. And uh, it gives you a choice between brawler and martial artist. I chose brawler. The reason for both of these though is because they each give a plus one toughness. It also gives you rapid recharge and upgradable for free. Then it gives you your choice of one combat edge and two non-combat edges. You also get two rolls on the hero's journey tables. So Thone is focused around animal combat, basically as an infinity for animals from a young age. So uh, for his non-combat edges, I'm going to choose Beast Bond and Beast Master. To go along with this theme, for his hero's journey rolls, I'm choosing Experienced and Wisdom table and the Professional Edge for both. For the first edge, I'm going to choose Born in the Saddle from the new Fantasy Companion. And for the second, I'm going to choose Beast Rider. Uh, he's going to have an uh, Ostrosaurus, much like a Simvan, who's been his constant companion through his years in the arena. For his combat edge, I'm going to choose Charger. With the focus on monsters and animals, I'm setting up Thone to be a cavalry fighter. Now, True Atlanteans also add some potential here with the versatile special ability, allowing you to either have a plus two additional skill points or gain a novice edge of your choice. I went ahead and went with the skill points. For skills, Thone starts with normal D4s in the core skills, Athletic, Common Knowledge, Notice, per, uh, Persuasion, and Stealth. As a tattooed warrior, it adds two die types to a uh, non-combat skill of your choice, and one die type to Athletics, and one die type to Fighting. So Thone starts with a D6 in Athletics, a D4 in Common Knowledge, a D4 in Fighting, Notice, Persuasion, and Stealth. I'm going to use the two non-skills uh, combat skill points to up his riding to a D6. Now I have 17 skill points to spend, 15 from the standard Savage Rift skill points and 2 from the two Atlant True Atlantean Versatile. This is a good time to note, uh, I'm using Savage.us to make this character, which I will share um, in the show notes. Um, however, uh, they're still working on correcting some of the data corrections from Atlantis. Of course, you got to give them time. Uh, the extra skill dice for the Tattooed Warrior's previous life is just added into the skills uh total skill points, and the Atlantean's versatile uh, doesn't add either the edge or the skill points. Uh, I recommend if you're going to make a true Atlantean character, just add two perk points under the settings page, uh, which will allow you to choose either an edge or skill points in the hindrance page. Now for his full per skill purchases, Thone is going to have the following. For agility, he's going to have athletics a d8, fighting a d8, riding a d8, shooting a d8, stealth a d6. For smarts, he's going to have battle, common knowledge, occult, and taunt at a d4. He's also going to have healing and notice and survival all at a d6. And then for spirit skills, he's going to have intimidation and persuasion at a d4. So he spent most of his, most of his life focused on fighting in the arena for the Splugorf. So his, scom so his combat skills are pretty high. Uh, he has picked up a smattering of skills to help him as a gladiator, like battle and taunt or intimidation. 
He also probably learned notice, healing, and survival just to keep him and others safe in the cells in between matches. And of course, riding and survival also help him interact with animals better. Now, he's not a gear-heavy character, uh, but within Savage.us, for his tattoos, uh, his various tattoos do provide equipment. So, like with his tattooed weapons, I actually add the tattoo under the cybernetics, but I also give him the uh, appropriate equipment under his equipment list. I did give him a skin suit, light padded armor, like the ones that the Altara warrior women use, a little bit of armor that probably gives him full access to his tattoos. But tattoos are the bread and butter of this build, so here we go. Uh, in Savage.us, the tattoos actually fall under cybernetics, kind of like I said, because of the strain mechanic. Now, there are some questions uh, that have been out there about the tattooed warrior or undead slayer in strain. Like the full conversion cyborg, you don't have to calculate your initial strain. They just get the types of tattoos that are listed under the framework, either the Tattooed Warrior or the Undead Slayer, or in this case, the Tattooed Monster Warrior. And it's assumed that they're added in such a way that your character will effectively start with zero strain. However, your character also receives the upgradable edge at the start, which increases your strain to six, just like the combat cyborg. However, true Atlanteans also start with two more tattoos, so a true Atlantean tattooed warrior starts with four strain remaining, because those two additional tattoos come from that six. The tattoos in the book and also in Savage.us are fairly generic, so as I added them, I went back and customized them to the specific tattoo I wanted it to be. So the first two tattoos are from the True Atlanteans Mark of Heritage. It's an aura weapon tattoo and a staked heart. For Clan Valexis, its weapon, uh, clan weapon is a flame burge uh, in the design of an eagle wreathed in orange and red flames. However, instead of a great sword, I went ahead and chose a bastard sword from the uh, Fantasy Companion. This ends up being a sword that does strength plus 2d8 plus 6 with greater smite applied. It could be a gr- plus 8 with a raise, and then it does AP 8 mega damage. With a raise for activation, it's also plus 2 to hit, or plus 1 to hit, and plus 1 to parry on the raise. Uh, the Staked Heart provides Exalted Arcane Protection versus Undead only for up to an hour, so to help you battle those pesky uh, vampires and other nasty magic-based undead. Now, the Tattooed Monster Warrior provides different uh, tattoos than the standard one, as I had said. It provides one simple weapon or shield, two weapons tattoos of choice, three animal tattoos, four monster tattoos, a skull with bat wings, a warrior in full armor, and then two additional tattoos of any type. It ends up also providing Thone with a total of 16 tattoos, like we had said. Now, before we choose all those... um, It also infers some other bonuses. Each tattoo gives the user plus one toughness and plus one PPE. So true Atlanteans, they start with five PPE with an additional 16 from the total number of tattoos to bring it to a total of 21 PPE. Now keep in mind after talking with Roberson that tattoo users can't take edges that require arcane backgrounds as part of the prerequisite. So like for example, extra PPE, rules as written, can't take it. However, I may consider house ruling this in my games if it ever becomes an issue. For toughness, before the tattoos uh, are applied, this character starts with a base of 8. He gets 6 from his normal base, he gets plus 1 from Brawler, plus 1 from Brawny, and then the armor gives 4 armor and a plus 1 toughness bonus. So before the tattoos, this character has a toughness of 13. 
The 16 tattoos all give a plus one each, increasing his toughness to 29. That's even before you apply the Armored Warrior tattoo, which is basically greater protection. So if that were to activate, normally he would have a toughness of 35 armor 4, or if he got a raise, it'd be 37 armored 4. So as far as tattoos, I'm going to choose a simple shield, a broken chain, which boosts his strength by two die types or three on a raise, a heart with tiny wings, which gives greater speed self with quickness. Those are both the additional tattoos. For the weapons, I'm going to choose a winged trident piercing a skull. This provides a trident that, when thrown, has a range of 3612. The damage is strength plus 2d6, AP6, mega damage, reach 1. The weapon returns when it's thrown, and it drains a d4 power points from its victim. Then I'm also going to add a lance piercing a skull. This will do strength plus 2d8 AP8 mega damage. It's going to be reach... 2, and it's going to have AP 10 when charging, because it's a lance, and it will drain a D4 power points when it hits its target. Both of these weapons should provide him with a fairly solid attack, and, along with his theme, and they'll also act to regenerate his power points during combat. Probably not something that Thone would have added in, because you're essentially draining life away from someone else, but it seems like something the Atlanteans would do really to mess with him. Now for the main show. His four monster tattoos and three animal tattoos. Now, there isn't anything about what really defines monster versus animal. According to Sean Roberson's response on the message boards, anything that's in today's world is an animal, anything else is a monster. So dinosaurs would be monsters. However, if you look at the Summon Animal and Summon Monster Power tables in the new Fantasy Companion, dinosaurs actually fall under the animal category. So I went with this interpretation. But for the big hitters, I actually added the demonic animal template from Blood and Banes to three of the dinosaurs. Basically, his captors took a look at his choices and made them more evil to actually get a better response from the crowd. So these three are arranged in, uh, on his chest like a version of the T-Rex versus Triceratops image from the New York History Museum, but it has the leather wing over top. So it's basically a demonic T-Rex, a demonic Triceratops, and a demonic leather-winged pterodactyl flying overhead. The last monster tattoo is a Krygorth shellback, which is an alien dinosaur-like creature that the Symphonos often use. The three animal tattoos are going to be a crocodile, a velociraptor, and a giant bird, which is going to be a giant golden eagle. The eagle is his reminder of his clan over all these years. For fun, I actually described all these tattoos in the write-up, but I won't bore you with the specifics of what they look like and where they are on his body. But needless to say, it was an interesting experiment, especially for somebody who's untattooed like myself. Uh, for the dinosaur stats, I actually used a mixture of official Rift stats and the stats from Dinosaur Protocol. Um, and these will actually be added as allies within the uh, record sheet. So that fin finishes Thone as a starting character, but what options would you kind of look at for advancement with this character? As design, Thone is a melee-slash-summoner-centric character whose combat power really comes from the strength of the summoned allies, but with a base toughness of 29 before he actually activates his armor, he's still quite a tank. 
So you could either lean into the summoning role, or you can lean into the melee combatant tank role. As a summoner, I'd probably just start focus on taking the leadership edges to enhance the monster's combat abilities. Um, kind of makes him a pseudo-support character, but it also, uh, with the correct choice of edges, he can also help out his fellow players. Now, as a melee combatant, he's already in position to play a tank. He's got a solid melee attack with his various weapons, and with his toughness being able to go almost up to 37 if he rolls well, um, he definitely can take a hit. Plus, then you pump up his taunt and tap into the dirty fighting edges and some of the social edges like provoke, he actually can do an excellent job of drawing the enemy to focus on him and still be able to take the hits, um, kind of like the character that Roberson proposed under the Glitter Boy episode. Tie that to the uh, Gladiator Edge from Atlantis, and basically, uh, once he taunts somebody, once he tests them, uh, it will actually give him the drop, so it gives him actually, uh, him and other people actual uh, benefits uh, uh, to attack them. And it's kind of interesting because it does lean into kind of the gladiator image that he has, like taunting foes to draw them in, using tests to kick, keep them off balance, and then finishing them up with heavy, powerful strikes as quickly as possible. You know, of course, all the while, he's definitely going to want to pack on new tattoos using the new ink edges. However, keep in mind, he only has currently four strains, so once he exceeds, once he gets, uh, uses that, he's going to have to get the Beyond the Limits edge, and that, of, unfortunately, is going to give six more strain, but it's also going to force him to roll again on the Unstable Psyche t uh, table. So, that's Thone Hoomsfo. Jonathan, I hope you've uh, enjoyed the idea of a man. I really wish you could have got to play something like this. Like I said, I'll share his character sheet in the show notes so you can take a look at him and actually you know, potentially add him as an NPC or a player character for some way, somebody. Uh, also, last episode, I actually sat down with Sean Roberson uh, in an interview, and we actually talked a lot about the information pertaining to tattoo magic specifically in Rifts. So um, you definitely may want to give that one a listen. But uh, with that, if you have any refugee questions, wish to leave a mission report, or submit a Legionnaire for Legionnaire's Last Call, uh, please email me at voiceofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Um, this one and another one, unfortunately, sadly, I actually had to tie the Legionnaire's Last Call into the passing of a community member. So, um, But also, uh, with that, I mean, we do have a pretty vibrant community. Uh, check out the Facebook Savage uh, Rifts group, where we talk a lot. Um, also on Discord, the official uh, Pinnacle Entertainment group Savage Worlds Discord channel has a pretty active Savage Worlds um, thread on there. You can also find Savage Worlds stuff on MeWe, uh, reach out to the folks over at savagerifts.com and there's also some savage uh, rifts threads on reddit as well the voice of hope is a savage rifts fan podcast the music in the intro and prologue are killers and rhinos theme by kevin mcleod licensed under creative commons by attribution license 3.0 savage worlds and deadlands are copyrighted 2016 and trademarked to pinnacle entertainment group all rights reserved rifts and the megaverse are registered trademarks of palladium books 